Good morning to you, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. And on this day that needs no introduction uh, to uh, all of our listeners, and of course, Matt making the magic happen on the other side of the glass, that day weekly is Friday. We made it, friends, uh, from Monday to Friday. Thank goodness it's Friday. Matt, good morning to you and to uh, everybody listening. Amen, Zach. Happy Friday and uh, happy food truck day. <laughs> if if you okay. find yourself looking for some lunch, hit a food truck. I, I, I love it. Uh, t- uh, this, uh, this evening in Tucson is uh, El Dia de San Juan uh, Fiesta, one of this city's biggest parties of the year. Uh, held uh, in uh, in my neighborhood, in fact, a very special place, obviously. Uh, it is a celebration now, really two and a half decades in, um, of uh, the summer rains coming. And uh, yes, that is an invitation to anybody listening. Uh, it starts at 6 o'clock tonight over at Mission Garden. But I bring it up, Matt, because there will be food trucks there. That's the connection. So chances are good, Matt, that I will be celebrating food truck, uh, food truck Friday <laughs> later today. So... It'll be a, be a good day in Tucson. Uh, full show today, a uh, conversation I've been looking forward to uh, for a while since we scheduled it. Uh, Daniel Hernandez Jr. is uh, with me live on our live line. I want to jump there right away. There'll be an open phone line hour on the back half. Would love to chat with you. I've got some things on my mind, but uh, of course, today marks uh, a week uh, from when I will, and it's always bittersweet to say this, hang up the headphones and sign off for the last time after almost five years of doing this with you. And so I'm leaving the phone lines open as much as possible to hang out and chat. Uh, We'll talk news, we'll talk issues, but if you want to call in and say, Zach, I loved your show or I hate your guts, I'd honestly love to hear it all. Give me a call, 520-790-2040. That's the number Daniel Hernandez is using to call us this morning from the Arizona State Legislature. Daniel is uh, the Democratic, one of the Democratic representatives for District 2 here in Southern Arizona in the Arizona House. Uh, at least that's what your website says, Daniel. Uh, good morning to you. <laughs> How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. And I do love this show. I don't hate your guts. Thanks for having me back on. Well, that's good, Daniel. Thanks for being here. Hey, our ask was uh, to talk about your run for Congress. That's where I want to go most of the time. However, uh, y'all did a thing up there this week. Uh, the first bipartisan budget, really, since the Napolitano days. 2008, the first time that Republicans and Democrats have uh, legitimately hashed out a budget, $18 billion, I believe, and you were uh, no small piece of that negotiation process. Uh, Daniel, let's, uh, if we can, if you don't mind wearing your state legislative uh, hat on for just a second, tell us about that budget and uh, give me your highs and lows, what you love and what you might want to see more of. First, I have to start off by acknowledging uh, Regina Cobb, the chair of appropriations, and my colleagues, Representative Chavez and Representative Diego Spinoza. Um, There was an ongoing conversation over the last couple of months um, where we talked about what the priorities were for Arizona. We were talking about tackling real issues and fixing and addressing things that have gone unanswered for far too long. So we started off by talking about infrastructure. We started by talking about healthcare. 
housing and homelessness, and then most importantly, and really, I think for me as a former school board member, really excitedly about education spending. So we saw record investments in K-12 education, in our university systems, um, and I'm proud to have been a part of these conversations for months. The frustrating thing is uh, a lot of these conversations happened and then kind of got sidelined and sidetracked as Republicans tried to seek a Republican-only budget. They exhausted all their attempts to try and get a Republican-only budget, which is why we're on day 164, 165 before the bill and the budget finally got passed. So I'm excited that it worked and that it happened, but we shouldn't have to wait until nine days before the state government is about to shut down before they finally move forward with this. We know that we can work together in a meaningful and in a bipartisan way to get things done. So I hope that my colleagues on the other side of the aisle who will likely remain in the majority next session will understand that this is not a one-off, but this is something that we can do regularly so that they don't have to couch out to the extremists in their own caucus. Um, as they did not this year. Um, we actually saw multiple budget bills where there were more Republican no votes than there were Democratic no votes. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, we had money to secure the border. We had money to work on education funding issues. Um, but there was a lot of things that we could have done more. Um, and, you know, while we did a record investment in education, I'm really proud of that work. There is not enough money that we've invested to make up the deficit that has happened over the last decade since the recession began in 2008. Um, so there's a lot of really good stuff, but we could do more and we could work harder. And I think if we work smarter, we can start having budget conversations that are going to talk about what are the real problems happening in Arizona and how do we address them going back in January, moving forward, as opposed to waiting until June to finally iron out the deal. Daniel Hernandez uh, is with us. Uh, Daniel, 70% of Republicans, 95% of Democrats, 93% of independents, and we're talking about registered, planning to vote Arizonans, uh, wanted you guys uh, to uh, prefer investing surplus in critical infrastructure and education. Arizonans at large want uh, want uh, want the, the, the folks we elect and send up there to be talking about water, jobs and economy, education, uh, immigration. Uh, do you think that the budget that was passed, uh, at least decently enough, touched on those issues and was a good use of a historic surplus this year? Of course I do, because that was a part of the negotiations and fought really hard to get us to where we were. Um, so, like I said, it is not 100% perfect, but that is the beauty of bipartisanship and compromise. That means that no one got 100% of what they wanted, um, which I think is not actually a bad thing. I think it's a good thing when we're able to come together and everybody leaves with things that they wanted and everybody leaves wanting more. That means that we have to find ways to keep working together to be able to get more stuff done. Um, so when it comes to issues like education, like housing, we also put in some money to pay off some debt and put some money in the rainy day fund. You know, we have to be prepared for another recession. Long gone are the days where we are going to overspend and not be prepared. So I do have to give us some credit that not only did we spend wisely, 
We also saved wisely and paid off some debt. We put money into that rainy day fund because as we're seeing right now, we're in a tough economy. So we came together, we had tough conversations. While I would have loved to have seen a little bit more investments in certain areas, the fact that we were putting money away responsibly, I think shows that not only were we being fiscally responsible, we're preparing for the next downturn. So that way we don't have to have the same conversations that we did in 2008. You know, my very first year lobbying the legislature was in 2008, 2009, when the economy tanked, and they were trying to cut university funding by 40%, which would have meant that universities would have had to raise tuition mid-year to be able to make up the loss. We should never be in that position again. And I think through fiscal leadership and through really, I think, meaningful spending, we were able to achieve a budget that invests record amount into homelessness and housing. We put $60 million into housing. We put over $525 million into K-12, into the base, so that districts and charters have the flexibility to figure out what are their highest needs. And then we also put in an opportunity, which is something that we've been fighting for for a decade plus, to make sure that the lowest income kids have an opportunity to be more successful by getting additional resources to make sure that their needs are being met. And I think one of the things that I'm really proud of is we were able to get money into the budget for Santa Cruz County. I had a road project that I've been working on with Supervisor Bruce Backer for years. We didn't get all the money we wanted. We got $20 million in there, but it's something that we need more of. Um, I also worked with uh, Representative Gail Griffin um, to get money for the Cochise County Jail, which they need a new jail, and we were able to get funding to help make sure we get a federal match. And I think lastly, and I think really uh, kind of fun for me, was getting money for Earn to Learn, which is a college savings program that helps teach young people how to be responsible uh, stewards of their finances and help them prepare to be able to go to college and graduate debt-free. And that's a Tucson-based nonprofit that has wonderful yeah. people working on it that's had a lot of success around the country but has unfortunately not happened to be funded here in Arizona. We've got a million dollars by working with my colleagues. Like I said, hats off to Representative Cobb, uh, Representative uh Chavez and Espinoza because it took a lot of work and we've been going back and forth for months but they had to wait until they exhausted the they couldn't get all 31 Republicans before we finally put everything into spreadsheets and actually got the deal done so I'm glad that we're doing it and honestly mostly glad that we're not having to start shutting down state government right and of course this happened uh, uh, in the early 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 parts of uh, what was it uh, Thursday morning uh, or, or Wednesday mornings, uh, kind of mid, uh, mid mid this week. Denver Hernandez is with us, uh, representing Arizona's second district in the state house, uh, and is now running for Congress, which is uh, the the first reason we wanted Daniel to come on. Uh, he's running as a Democrat in the the CD six primary. When we come back from a short break, that's all we're going to talk about is the congressional race that is winding. Uh, up quickly. That primary is coming up in just a handful of weeks. So we'll talk about that on the other side. We're just getting started here on Tipping Point. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. We'll be right back. Listen to the live stream and find podcasts of your favorite shows at KVOI.com. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. Zach Yenzer here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI The Voice. 
And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. You're listening live out of the Common Workspace Studios, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Let's jump right back into uh, part two of our conversation with Daniel Hernandez, uh, representing the Legislative District 2 here in Southern Arizona in the Arizona House, now running for the U.S. House in the new uh, 6th Congressional District. He's running in a contested Democratic primary. Uh, And Daniel, you're kind of a known commodity in the community at this point. I have to spend less time on the introduction side of you than maybe others. So I'm going to cut right to the chase, something that I haven't heard a lot uh, in the primary. Of course, your probably primary competitor in the primary is Kirsten Engel, uh, who uh, was uh, in the Arizona Senate for the 10th district um, uh, up until last year in September. Uh, tell, me, tell me the daylight between you, uh, Daniel, for Democratic voters listening or who might be listening on the podcast side later on. Uh, why are you different? Uh, and of course, for this conversation, why are you better for, uh, for CD6? You know, I think one of the things that the voters in Southern Arizona really want is not just someone who is going to talk about good ideas. They want someone who will fight and get things done and deliver real results. And that's been my entire track record, whether it was a school board member, the last six years as a legislator, as we just saw a couple days ago with me working and getting money into the budget for Southern Arizona. This is the kind of leadership that I bring to the table. I actually get results. I get things done. That's the biggest difference between me and my primary opponents. You know, I've been in the legislature for six years as a member, but this is my 14th year as an advocate. And even before I was elected to the legislature, I was getting results and getting things done. In 2014, I worked with Jan Brewer, of all people, to be able to veto four bad gun bills, including guns in public buildings and guns in universities. I also worked with Jan Brewer to get the Nix Fix Bill, the last good gun bill passed in Arizona, was one that I wrote and worked with her and with a Republican legislature to get signed into law 2014. So for me, this is not just about an abstract idea being you know, better in terms of my positions. It's what am I actually getting done and how am I delivering real tangible results for Southern Arizonans? And that's why you know, I'm glad that we had the conversation about the budget when we first started because this is the kind of leadership that I've had the entire time I've been to the legislature. Even before we had a fully bipartisan budget, I've been working with my colleagues on the other side of the aisle to get money into the budget for things that are critical needs for Southern Arizona. You know, we had a couple of years ago in 2019, I was working with Gina Cobb, again, the chair of appropriations at the time, and today the chair, um, and we got a school safety fund that was a $20 million fund to fund counselors, social workers, and school resource officers. Now I'm proud to say that fund has a $50 million appropriation because we saw that there was a high need in our Arizona public schools. For every one counselor, there was 900 students when we started. Now the ratio has gone down. It's not got down as much as it needs to, but it's significantly better than we were three years ago when the School Counselors Association came to us with this problem and said, we don't have enough staff to deal with all of the students because we are not funding this portion of K-12. So I think that's the biggest difference, that I'm able to deliver results. And it's not just a one-off. It's not just one bill. I have a track record of having done this for years, even before I entered the legislature. So whether I'm in the majority or in the minority in Congress, I'm going to be able to keep delivering and getting results done for Southern Arizona. Daniel, you may have started to answer this question, but but I'll put it a different way, maybe. 
Um, let's say that you are lucky enough to win this primary uh, and lucky enough to win in the general in November. What do you want to do in the United States Congress for Southern Arizona? You know, there's a lot of things that I want to do, but I think one of the most important things that I've been talking about for years um, is making sure that we are investing in our economic development opportunities. You know, when we are talking about economic development in Arizona, I've been at the forefront of making sure that we're bringing good paying jobs to Arizona. But now it's not just enough about bringing those jobs to Arizona. We need to get those into other parts of the the state. We cannot just centralize all of our development in places like Tucson and Phoenix. We need to go into rural parts of our state. We need to expand our community colleges, um, give them more resources so they can do more job training. You know, I was just on an economic tour in Eastern Arizona College a couple of weeks ago, learning about the fabulous things that they're doing out in Thatcher and how great their nursing program is. We are in a healthcare shortage. We should be doing more to invest in this community college so we can graduate more nurses because more does we need them. Um, so I think for me, when it's a bit, been about economic development, which has been a huge priority for me, making sure we're creating good paying jobs. I've been at the legislature, one of the folks, again, from the middle, trying to find ways to get things done and pass different tax exemptions, tax cuts, and incentives to bring jobs to Arizona. So whether it was a research and development tax credit a couple of years ago that the folks at Raytheon were looking at expanding and trying to decide whether they're going to move to Alabama or uh, double down on Arizona, we passed that uh, tax credit and they expanded their operations in Arizona. And then they came to us and said they needed a wind tunnel. I worked with Paul Boyer, a Senate Republican, to work to try and uh, get funding for a wind tunnel at the University of Arizona so we can keep Raytheon, one of our largest employers, down here. We also passed an angel investor tax credit to try and create more opportunities for our entrepreneurs here in the state of Arizona. And then that's why I was the Arizona Technology Council Legislator of the Year last year and also Arizona Bio uh, Legislator and Trailblazer of the Year because of the work that I've done um, on economic development. So I think for me, my main focus is going to be helping make sure that Arizonans have access to health care because we know that our health care infrastructure needs to be expanded, particularly in rural parts of Arizona. We also need to look at the economy and make sure that we're preparing folks for the economy of tomorrow, not just for the economy of yesterday. And I think thirdly and importantly is making sure that the infrastructure, not just for health care, but for all things, that's why I was working so hard over the last couple of years in the budget to try and get more funding for our roads in southern Arizona, particularly in Santa Cruz County, to try and make it easier for us to be able to bring produce from Mexico into the U.S. Uh, to make sure that we have you know, roads that are really in good shape because we've seen that anybody that's ever driven in the streets of Tucson knows that our roads and our streets and our bridges are not in the shape that they need to be. I think it's an average of about $600 a year that people have wow. to spend on auto repairs because of the poor condition of our roads here in Pima County and in Tucson. Daniel Hernandez for Congress.com. We'll have to leave it there. But, Daniel, thanks for the conversation on all counts. Uh, stay safe and cool out there. And good luck the next few weeks as this primary wraps up. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Zach. Have a good one. Thanks, Daniel. When we come back from bottom of the hour news, open phone line, some words from me closing out this Friday. We'll be right back. 
Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. We're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Listening live out of the Common Workspace studios, you are to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Wow, that came out like I was Yoda this morning. Uh, Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030. KVOI, The Voice, daily in-depth news conversation and talk about people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. By Friday, Matt, words are hard. Not even not even gonna lie. That's Words okay. Are hard. It's okay. That's why it's Friday. <laughs> oh man, this segment is sponsored by Little Love Burger. They opened downtown last fall and uh, are serving up the juiciest burgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream, milkshakes, local brews, and breakfast sandwiches. You can follow them on social media at Little Love Burger and mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for a fifteen one five percent discount off your next order you know Matt that conversation um, that I had with Daniel um, reminded me uh, reminded me of the conversations uh, that I had with uh, with uh, Martha McSally when she was in uh, the same exact seat he's he is running for, and what I mean by that is obviously two political parties, and uh, I'm not talking about the politics, but I always enjoyed um, the fact, number one, I, I like to give credit where credit is due. Martha was reasonably easy to get a hold of, to have conversations on the air, right? I, I, have, been, uh, I have been burned, so to speak, uh, by elected officials, God love you, um, who really want the airtime while campaigning, and then you forget about me when you're in office. Uh, and look, there's no hard feelings, no hard feelings. And there's actually quite a few who come on the show quite frequently and 
I try to always be a, a cordial space at the very at the very minimum. I'm, I'm mostly giving people uh, a hard time. No shade, no shame. But uh, it's definitely easier to get an interview when someone's running for office than when they've when they've gotten office. Um, uh, um, and that just it is what it is. But Martha McSally was always reasonably easy uh, to get on the air and to have a conversation, even if it was 10 minutes at a time. I remember having conversations multiple times, um, uh, you know, in, in those in some of her two year in her two year term, the last one. But anyway, why I thought about it is that um, I remember that the conversation would be around, you know, hey, Martha, tell me about this piece of water legislation that you were working on. Hey, Martha, tell me about this uh, this gun bill that you were working on. Hey, Martha, how about Davis Monthan? What are we doing um, over there? Um, and it was these nitty gritty nuts and bolts, Southern Arizona conversations. Uh, I you know I think we would do our best to touch on any of the national news um, happening, but we always try to. I always tried to steer uh, to Southern Arizona, and I bring this all up because I think we forget that these people actually have a job uh, that they do representing the issues of the district they represent. And you can say, well, does Zach, that's how the system works. Yes, I'm agreeing, that's how the system should work. But we have these folks on, we talk about these national, federal issues, right? It's it's like the McConnell, Pelosi, Schumer, whatever, one-pager, and, and all the people in my seats wanna ask about the three big topics of the day, Y'all, you can go to CNN and watch that. You can go to Fox. You can go to MSNBC, and you can hear it ad nauseum. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, these folks, you don't hear about it because it's not news. It's not sexy. It's not interesting. But they're working on legislation um, that is read-focused. So um, I didn't really intend for my interview with Daniel to necessarily go in that direction, but we went there, and I'm really happy. Uh, and was happy to hear, hey, here's some of the regional work I'm doing. That's what I want to do in Congress. This is what these conversations should be. I think we've forgotten uh, how our system is uh, is supposed to work. So that was a that was a thought that I had coming out of my conversation with Daniel. I was like, ah, oh, this reminds me of some of those McSally conversations where we actually talked about local legislation, and you forget, you forget that it happens. You forget that these people are actually working on legislation, you know. Um, uh, unfortunately, here in the waning hours of the show, uh, I wasn't able to get Senator Mark Kelly on because uh, I've had uh, I've had a, a, you know some of the folks who are running in the in the Senate primary uh, that he may have to face on. Uh, but I actually didn't want to have Senator Kelly on to talk as a candidate. Um, and if this show was going on through July, he'd have been on, uh, and I'm appreciative of that, but he was full in June. But there was, I mean, he's been, again, whether you agree or disagree with him, he's been working on water legislation. He's been working on, uh, he's been working on putting pressure on the Biden administration to do more faster to ease costs and to release more American energy um, into, into the market. Um, some very nitty gritty stuff that I almost guarantee out of 10 people listening, if I pull 10 people listening, eight would not know this is happening. This is nitty gritty stuff happening out of hearings and stuff in Washington that actually makes an impact here. And I want to talk to him about it. And I think he was willing. We just couldn't make the scheduling work. But those are the conversations we need to seek to have because uh, they're just not happening um, as much uh, as much anymore.
All right. Uh, uh, soapbox over. Matt, um, you know, I've got one other thing I want to talk to our listeners about. But over the next week, um, Matt, Matt and I, we'd love to keep the phone lines open, 520-790-2040. Um, you know, we're a week out from signing off and uh, and hanging up the headphones for the last time. We've got a lot of guest conversations. I don't intend to make the next seven days about me. Uh, I'm actually uncomfortable with that. Many people will be surprised that I'm a part-time introvert. But you've been so great, uh, this listening community. We've been through a lot together. And so if you want to come on the air the next week, starting today in the next few minutes, uh, and share any thoughts about the show, uh, what you loved, what you hated, any thought, I'm open to it all. would love to uh, kind of close out this last week hanging out together, 520-790-2040. Uh, I want to, in the final set, we're going to go phone lines in a second, uh, I want to talk about uh, who I think is probably one of the top five most powerful women in the country today. She calls Arizona home. I want to talk about that in light of some recent national events, but it's a it's a statewide conversation. Let's go to uh, Ingrid on the line. Uh, Ingrid, thanks for listening, and I know you've been listening these years. Uh, go ahead. You're live on the air. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to say uh, what a pleasure and uh, informative time uh, you've provided to people. Uh, You're especially wonderful about reviewing what was just done on the air, who the person was, and uh, it helps for those of us who have to run to answer the door, answer a phone, change a diaper, what have you, and... uh, (laughs) So you can keep up with what's going on, and you, you're. I, I see you in the future, even on TV, doing very insightful interviews. You've done such a good job. You're very thorough, and I love what you just had to say about Martha McSally. Uh, she got kind of a raw deal, I always thought. Uh, but again, thank you very much. I know you've got another week going uh, with the show, and wish you good luck in the future. And, and, and good luck with your family. Lots of happiness. Mm. Thank you. Ingrid, thank you for the call. And I know you've been a longtime listener and an often caller. So thank you uh, for calling in and listening. And I totally resonate with the diapers part. Um, you know, got a lot of those every week to change. And I, I appreciate I appreciate the compliment. And, uh, and thank you for calling in. 520-790-2040 is the line. I mean, who knows? Maybe... Uh, you know, uh, I've had I've had many mentors along the way um, uh, uh, from uh, KVY and Bustos Media on this, and I'm going to send out many thank yous over the next week. But of course, Bill Buckmaster, uh, who is the 12 o'clock show every day on on KVY 10:30, The Voice, um, was a, and has been a mentor for a very long time, and he went from TV to radio. Um, and so maybe, maybe Ingrid is uh, is is forecasting a, kind of a reverse of that. Maybe maybe I'll go from radio to TV. Who knows? But uh, interviewing and storytelling is something that I really enjoy doing. And um, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll take a break from the format for some point. But I'm sure the itch will arise again. Uh, Matt, let's go to our break. Uh, that's a good place to, to to pause for a second. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about. Uh, someone from Arizona that I think is uh, one of the top five uh, most powerful, I think I said uh, woman, women, uh, I think person. I think one of the top five most powerful, influential person in America today um, calls Arizona home. 
and I'll get into that um, as much as we can in the next segment. But the phone lines are open, 520-790-2040. It's our Friday edition of Tipping Point. We'll be right back. Generation of Talk, Tipping Point, with Zach Ganser, 1030, The Voice. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. This is Bill Buckmaster, Tucson's Vice Mayor at noon on 1030 Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona, wrapping up our Friday 
edition of this drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Uh, by the way, it's hot out there. Make some time to run down to Decibel Coffee Works. Uh, ice cream is now on their menu as well as a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. Uh, you can see everything on Decibel, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, coffeeworks.com, one word. Uh, but to get that uh, 10% Yenser rate, Matt, uh, thank you for starting that. Go and visit them at the Mercado San Agustin Annex. Uh, mention Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Um, we thank them for their support of this segment. Uh, the phone lines are open, 520-790-2040. Uh, again, trying to leave as much of the open time as we have. We've got some great guest conversations uh, coming up next week. Uh, but when uh, when we can have the phone lines open, I'd love to keep them open. If you'd like to call in, if you've been listening for a while um, and want to uh, say something or come on and share something here in this last week um, of the program, bittersweet to say that, uh, we'll be hanging up the headsets and signing off for the last time next Friday, July 1st. Uh, if we have time today uh, around any callers on our live line, we'll go there in just a second. I want to talk about, uh, I, I think the... Uh, so I think the someone who is in the top five, top ten most powerful people in this country today calls Arizona home. I want to talk about them before the show is out. But uh, Steve Christie, a familiar name to many, is on the live line. Steve, thanks for making time this morning to call in. You are live and on the air. Go ahead. I just wanted to call in, Zach, and say I'm uh, sorry you're hanging up the headphones, and I'm going to miss my monthly sessions with you on our uh, get-together on your show, and I've enjoyed it very much, and I've, I'm sorry that uh, another talk radio show is is being discontinued. I think Tucson and Pima County need more talk radio and more, more talk in general, and uh, you will greatly be missed. Mm. Steve, I uh, really appreciate that call, and I will, I will likewise miss our monthly conversations and thank you for making the time to do that we know we felt it was uh, important on this show where we try to have as many people from both sides of the aisle on the issues come on we carved out space uh, supervisor christie for you specifically on a regular recurring basis because you're the uh, only republican on the board of supervisors or on the tucson city council our two largest municipalities yeah, I'm, 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 con- I'm continually reminded of that I'm I'm sure it is not a thought far from your mind, but Supervisor Christie, on this beautiful Friday, do you still love being supervisor? I still love being supervisor, and uh, (laughs) I wish you the best of luck, and I'm sure you're going to be around and being part of our community for a long time. So uh, have a a great last week, and know that there's a lot of people rooting for you, and I'm one Mm -hmm. of them, so take care. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you greatly. And yeah, Tucson, uh, if you're listening from the Tucson metro area, you, you are not getting rid of me. I will I will be around. I'm here to stay uh, just in, uh, you know, maybe not this uh, not this format. So 520-790-2040. The phone lines will continue to be uh, open. Matt will be fielding those calls and letting me know. Uh, but uh, Supervisor Christie, thank you. Thank you so much. I... Um, you know, was thinking today, and and this is not an endorsement of the person, but it is an endorsement of the practice. I think I can be so bold 
to say that. What I'm about to say is not an endorsement of the person. It is an endorsement of the practice. I think um, if you looked at the 10 most powerful people uh, on the issues of the, of the day in this country, certainly politically, in the top 10 or in the top five, I think as someone who calls Arizona home, and that person uh, is, is Senator Sinema. Um, and I was just uh, obviously one of the big pieces um, uh, of news that happened this week was bipartisan, at least out of the Senate, uh, legislation around a new gun legislation uh, in response to a couple um, of very horrific, uh, very horrific incidents. I don't know what's going to happen in the House. Uh, uh, a number of people are saying that what passed with overwhelming bipartisanship in the Senate, is it might be DOA uh, dead on arrival in the House. Um, again, I, I focus locally. I spend a lot of time on local issues. Um, I try to know what I'm not an expert on, um, and sometimes national issues uh, I think is, is better left for other people to tackle. Um, but this is a this is a state relevant, I think, conversation this morning, and uh, Senator Cinema's I think practice of legislation is something that has been uh, criticized, has been critiqued uh, in this moment, in this American moment. But I'm starting to wonder if the proof of her process is in the pudding. Is it, the proof is in the pudding. Think about the fact that a single senator um, and one who calls Arizona home, who has been a part um, of, of historic once in numbers of decades legislation in this country. Think about the signing in, I think it was December of last year, of an, of, of an infrastructure bill that was put together in a bipartisan way to put funding into infrastructure that we haven't seen uh, in this country at that scale uh, that creates jobs for a long time to come. Now, a little side note, little asterisk, uh, that bill is getting eaten away at by inflation, uh, which I think is interesting. And it's something that is certainly concerning to a lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans is that the historic nature of that infrastructure bill is being chipped away at because costs are going up. Right? We saw that locally in Tucson. Prop, I think it was 407 in the city of Tucson, which was a large bond passed to fund park and connection projects, um, is now having to be backfilled by the general fund because inflation is making labor costly, is making cost of goods costly to a point now where to keep the promise to the voters, we're having to find other income streams to backfill that bond because inflation is so dang high. So a little, little, little side note there is interesting is this stuff has real life impacts. Right at the end of the day, certainly locally, none of us listening live in the philosophical realm. We can have the textbook conversation on this or that around inflation, but the truth will be seen because you will live it. And your lived experience will tell you that your eyes are not lying to you. And so whether it is a historic infrastructure bill or a local proposition, a local bond to fund parks and connections, we all know what we are seeing. Um, that the policies that were put in place, uh, that the, um, the way in which uh, monetary and fiscal policy went down over the last couple of years is something that I think we should have known better about. And I say that as a registered independent. We've been here before. 
We saw policy in the 60s lead to the pain of the 70s, lead to the recession of the early 80s. This is not new. We should have known better. But that historic infrastructure bill um, was something that was helmed in a very large degree by Senator Sinema. Now consider a once in a 30-year piece um, of gun legislation that passed in overwhelming uh, bipartisan fashion in the Senate uh, was something that was, again, chaired uh, and pushed in large part by one Senator Cinema from Arizona. By the way, a little little piece of news of what we're talking about in that Senate bill um, is enhanced background checks for younger uh, gun buyers, allowing authorities up to 10 days from three days to do juvenile record checks on people 18 to 21. By the way, the overwhelming majority of individuals who enact uh, these horrific uh, uh, acts of violence are 18 to 21. I think our policy should look at the data and say, how do we solve based on the data? 18 to 21, it's a problem, right? Democrats wanted to uh, uh, basically ban anyone under the age of 21 from buying a semi-automatic weapon. That was left out. What is in this is enhanced background checks, uh, uh, incentives for states to implement red flag laws, which I know is controversial, closing the boyfriend uh, loophole. Um, which, uh, which, uh, which is a provision to toughen federal law to keep guns out of the hands of domestic abusers, funding for mental health and hardening schools, uh, tougher penalties on straw purchasers, people who buy guns for those who should not qualify and are not old enough, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, I'm not an expert on these conversations. By and large, I look at that list and I go, kind of makes sense to me. I think these are, uh, these are compromises that move the needle in an important way. Uh, while still honoring uh, the, the, the core aspects, I think, um, uh, of the Second Amendment. This is a, a bipartisan Safer Communities Act. Uh, but this interesting political article here as we close focused on the person in the middle of both of those historic pieces um, of, uh, of legislation, someone who puts their head down and understands uh, in this Twitterverse-driven world where everyone has a hot take, where everyone has to be a part of a monolithic uh, point of view, Senator Sinema has figured out how to be a trusted negotiation partner, understanding that compromise is, is something where everyone's going to lose a little bit, but hopefully everybody wins something, uh, puts their head down, uh, isn't out in the media, uh, uh, understands that sometimes you're going to have to take uh, positions that will be criticized uh, to uh, to leave firepower for the things that matter. And Senator Sinema has figured out in this crazy political world uh, how to save her powder. Uh, maybe that's not an appropriate metaphor for this conversation, uh, but you know what the metaphor means, to save some gas in the tank to tackle big thorny issues. And in a Senate where not a lot of big things have happened, uh, one senator from Arizona has been in the middle of conversations that are nothing short of historic in nature in a bipartisan way. We don't see that kind of politics anymore. This is not an endorsement of the person. It is an endorsement uh, 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 of, of the process. It is an endorsement uh, of the way in which uh, Senator Sinema goes about uh, taking small um, investments over the long haul to create uh, big things in the end. And I think, I think it's important. When we come back on Monday, we'll talk with Danny Seiden from the Arizona Chamber of Commerce about the housing crisis, his view from an economic standpoint, and so much more. Hugh Hewitt's up next, Bill Buckmaster at noon. 
Tucson. Stay cool out there. We'll be back on Monday. Thanks for listening. Thank you.